0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Susie Middleton is not only a cook and a writer, but a farmer, too. The former chief editor of Fine Cooking magazine, she also authored Fast, Fresh, and Green and The Fresh and Green Table. And in addition to blogging regularly at Six Burner Sue and occasionally on the Huffington Post, Susie writes essays and food features for national and regional magazines. She started growing vegetables commercially in 2010 on Martha's Vineyard, and she's joining us today to talk about her latest book, Fresh from the Farm, A Year of Recipes and Stories. Hi, Suzy. Welcome back.
1: Hi Amy, I'm so glad to be on with you this morning.
0: Well, I've got to tell you I follow what you do online and I'm so inspired by your recipes, your images, and frankly your life. I think the last time I spoke with you I said I want your life. You've <laughs> you really did. you've you've got yourself a good little sp- position these days, don't you? Tell us a bit about your journey from food editor to farmer.
1: Well, you know, I I did. I made a big move to um, Martha's Vineyard, which is a very rural island, although most people don't realize that. And I started growing a few vegetables because I felt a little bit disconnected from my food. Here I was working with chefs and um, cookbook authors and doing editing this food magazine, but I, I was so busy, I didn't have time even to get to a farmer's market. So when I got out here and I was sort of decompressing and starting to do some writing again, working on my cookbook, I started growing a few vegetables, and then I met a guy who wanted to grow vegetables also, so we planted a bigger garden. And we lucked into getting a rental out of a cool old farmhouse with a little piece of land, so we planted more vegetables. And now we have 500 laying hens and a farm stand and a hoop house and all kinds of cool stuff. And. You know, I live on a much smaller budget. (laughs) I like to tell people that. Life is very different, but it's really satisfying.
0: Oh, I bet it is satisfying. And the imagery in the book and what you post online is so inspiring. I just feel like I'm swept away with it, for sure.
1: Well, it's fun. It's a labor of love. You know, I love going out and, and photographing what we do and harvesting vegetables, and it's just all good.
0: So that's one of the key differences in this book is that, as you said, it's sort of a story, a memoir, as well as a cookbook and also kind of a gardening companion.
1: It is. It's really cool. This book has got a little bit of everything. I wrote the story of how the little farm came to be and about the people in my life and the animals and the vegetables, and the story runs along every page next to the recipes, and the recipes are designed are arranged by season, um, how we grow things late spring and early summer, and then high summer, and then the beautiful early fall out here. So you almost get the entire year's worth of... Uh, vegetables and, and, of course, eggs and, and everything you can do with those things. Um, and then my partner, Roy, also did some farm designs for the back of the book, um, which include a small chicken coop and um, our original farm stand and some raised beds. And then throughout the text, I also give some um, hard-won lessons that I've learned about how to deal with pests and varieties of things I like. So it is kind of fun for anybody who loves cooking or gardening. There's something here.
0: Oh, and I love the seed starting rack and the plans for it and all of that. I mean, this is really a very comprehensive guide. It's great. So
1: Lots of photos, too, which is so cool, I Amy. Mean, I, I couldn't believe that we were able to get all this. Ta- Taunton, my publisher, did a fabulous job of, of making a beautiful book with a lot of content in it.
0: Yeah, because so many of us, that's what we're looking through a cookbook for anyway, you yeah. know, is dreaming yeah. of dreaming of it, being inspired by it or yeah. being drawn to a recipe for how it looks and yes. that's That's a little story,
1: too, which is fun, you know, Yeah, getting to know the author.
0: Well, we're coming into spring, thank God, because (laughs) I can't take much more of this. I've got to tell you, I've never felt so close to having seasonal depression in my life.
1: I was just just talking to somebody who came by the farm stand and said the same thing because it snowed again here last night, and normally we'd be planting our peas in two weeks, and we're not
0: yeah it's it's crazy but spring will come let's let's yeah. give people that encouraging news yeah. it will it come really does. <laughs> and so tell us a little bit about the story of of spring and and your approach to it and what you'll be doing and cooking and what we can follow along and do with you
1: well um we're all about the greens here in the springtime and thank god greens um will actually most We grow a lot of bok choy, Swiss chard, kale, a lot of lettuce. All those things actually germinate in 50-degree soil. Now, we start a lot of them indoors, too, which is always very comical because we don't really have a good place, and we start hundreds of seedlings um, in light racks all over the house, although this year we're having a nursery do some of it for us. And now we have this hoop house, which is sort of a... Uh, plastic covered Quonset hut type thing which gets very warm in the daytime it's not heated but we can move the seedlings out there so and we actually grew a little bit of lettuce all winter long in there so um March and April for us mean lettuce and lots of greens and we'll start selling them at the farm stand and then we'll plant those peas I was talking about and some early carrots
0: Mm. Two questions for you. One is about kale and the other is about hoop houses. Let's start with kale. Kale is everybody's darling these days. Is it easy to grow at home and what are some of your favorite things to do with it? Well, kale
1: is very easy to grow. It does have um, a little pest that likes to get to it, which is a cabbage worm. And so if you um, can cover it up, there's something called rime or row fabric, which all the garden catalogs have now. You put that over it, and it keeps the pests off of it. Otherwise, you get these little holes, which is actually not a big deal. It's still edible. It's just for somebody selling it like we are. We try to keep that. um, But it germinates and grows fast, and there are tons of varieties. We really like red Russian, which is sort of frilly and white Russian, and, of course, the um, bumpy uh, dinosaur kale, Tuscan kale is beautiful, too. Um, and I, as from the cook's perspective, I tell people, if you're, salads and raw kale is very popular right now, it's not very palatable, um, if you pick the leaves, huge and tough, um, unless you slice it very thinly or marinate it. So I prefer the smaller leaves. If you grow it, you can pick as many small leaves as you want um, for salads and raw preparations. Then I use the bigger ones in, in soups and gratins and pastas and that sort of thing.
0: Okay, that, that's a good thing. And, and then the hoop houses. So could, could a home gardener easily create a hoop house, maybe not a large-scale one, in their backyard? Oh, definitely, yes.
1: Um, In fact, we, instead of buying an expensive kit or having someone install it, we bought um, some metal electrical conduit at a a home store and bent the hoops. Um, Actually, you can buy something called a hoop bender from Johnny's, um, which is not very expensive, and we made the hoops. um, And then we bought the plastic. Um, We mail-ordered it, and um, my partner, Roy, is a carpenter, so he did build um, a little bit of a a wooden foundation around the bottom, but for anybody with some um, home carpentry skills, you could do that. And you could do one that's just 6 or 8 or 10 feet long. It doesn't have to be 50 feet long. Right. Um, and, yes, it is It is possible. And they are miraculous because they extend the seasons. Like I said, we had, you know, we're picking lettuce in um, February. so.
0: I recently learned, I was having a conversation with a group that's in the agricultural business, and the hoop houses are really taking off for commercial agriculture.
1: They are. They are, because they're really brilliant to grow in, because they not only... Are there less pests in there? But for us, wind is a big factor. So sure. just being out in the elements, vegetables have a tough time of it. You know, they dry out. They, you know, they get, it's, it's, it's a somewhat protected environment. And you can put nice, rich soil in there and get your watering set up. And they have this lovely climate that gets very warm during the day. In fact, they're a great place to hang out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested in trying this. I'm inspired by this. And I have a handy, handy husband many. who could probably put one together. So I think that's yeah. great. Well, one of the other things you mentioned about spring is. Peas, And it's funny, if you go to a farmer's market, you might be picking up fresh peas. But I think of all vegetables, that's probably the one that a lot of people just, their go-to is frozen. How much different, uh, nutritious, whatever, are fresh to frozen peas?
1: Gosh, Amy, I think garden peas are one of the best um garden-grown vegetables. The difference between them and store-bought or frozen peas is huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it, it's, like it's I would liken it to the difference between a grocery store tomato and a and a regular tomato. Fresh-picked peas are so sweet and have this wonderful flavor. They, they convert their sugar to starch very quickly, which is why most people think of peas as being very starchy because they've had to be picked and canned or processed. But if you eat them fresh, they're like candy. Um, now they're they're not very difficult to grow, but they don't yield a whole lot. They have those pods and they have six or eight. Um peas in them, so we right. grow as many as we can, and then we can't keep them at the farm stand because they also, depending upon where you live, um some people will have peas in in April, um ours are really not till um early to mid June depending upon the variety, which is still technically spring, but they're one of the few things that are around early, and so people get very excited about them,
0: yeah, and they really are. I mean, I guess I was asking a leading question because they really are there's there's just it's <laughs> such you were. a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so any delicious. tips I, any you know, tips? kids
1: love them too um oh I'm yeah 11 year old and she just goes out there and i get her to help me pick and that's kind of ke- uh, not a good idea because she eats more than she
0: <laughs> and there's something about opening the pot and seeing those adorable little peas lined up there it's just it's one they of the are. cutest little vegetables too well they any really tips are. for the home grower for peas uh, tips
1: for the home grower. Um, yes, I have some great tips because I had trouble with them at first because the birds would eat the seeds when I planted them. So, again, this is the kind of thing where I actually take those um, garden trays that uh, that are sort of have lattice work that plants come in, and I turn them upside down over the bed where I've planted the seeds. You plant um, pea seeds about an inch deep, um, but the birds will dig around for them in the spring. So if you can protect them in some way, you'll have a lot better germination.
0: That's a great um, tip. Yeah. That's a great tip. Well, of course, you are so kind to share a recipe with us from your latest book, Fresh from the Farm, A Year of Recipes and Stories. And I think you're going to share one of your your Swiss chard recipes. What Tell me about what we're going to put online. Oh, and this one
1: actually has peas with it, too. Yay! Uh, this is this is like a classic, Susie. Um, you know, one thing I did in Fast, Fresh, and Green and the Fresh and Green Table, my first two books, is really teach people how to cook vegetables deliciously. Um, and so I've done, you know, I include plenty of those types of dishes in, in Fresh from the Farm, although I've actually got um, everything from shrimp and meatloaf to French toast and um strawberry crisp in this book but this particular dish um swiss chard and fresh peas with ham and maple balsamic sauce is kind of my ideal way of making swiss chard really palatable to everybody Mm. um and it's a beautiful you buy that bright light swiss chard um with the red and um, yellow and orange stems and you you saute the stems first and then wilt the greens and then put a, a mixture of um Um, balsamic and maple and lemon in at the end, along with the fresh peas, which you don't cook for very long at all, and it's this beautiful dish.
0: I'm looking at the picture right now, and I am sincerely (laughs) salivating, and I do have to say before we let you go this morning, when we've been talking about the pictures and the stories, as I was flipping through to find that recipe, I passed the adorable little herb bed you show done in a dresser drawer.
1: Yes. i that was something i entered in the fair because we have we enter the fair every year so and we get lots of blue ribbons which is really fun
0: i love it and i love the the um scissors hanging from it with string how smart is that you've got to check out this book it is just filled with ideas for gardening, for cooking, for just inspiration. Again, it's Fresh from the Farm, a year of recipes and stories from Susie Middleton. You can follow Susie on Facebook. You can also find her blog, which is Six Burner Sue, and I'll put a link to all of that, as well as a recipe we discussed on Amy's Table. But Susie, so great to talk to you. My dream is one day to just show up on Martha's Vineyard and buy something from your farm stand. Amy, I can't <laughs> wait till that happens. I will be here waiting for you. That sounds great. We'll continue to sell success to you and thank you amy. so much for coming on the show
1: thanks amy it was really really fun take care
0: stick around for another helping from amy's table on q102, Q. It's amy's table with amy yeah. q102.
1: science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool, so you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed plus special financing, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.